Welcome to Inspiration, Influence and Impact, the podcast with your host, Karen Caswell. Listen as guests from all walks of life share where they have found inspiration, who has influenced them in their lives and what impact they hope to have on the lives of others. These stories not only connect and empower us, but inspire, influence and impact those around us often more than we'll ever know. We acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and all Indigenous peoples of the world as the traditional owners and custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters, sky and culture. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Inspiration, Influence and Impact, the podcast. My guests this episode began their career as a professional athlete before finding her passion for learning and building relationships. She is now a coach, mentor, author and registered teacher who is committed to helping support people to change the way they see themselves so that we can all live in peace and harmony. I'm delighted to welcome Jane Taylor to the podcast. Hi, Jane. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Thanks, Karen. So lovely to connect with you. For listeners who may not be familiar with your imprint on the world yet, please share a bit about your current context. So your location, your current work and your passion, mission and all vision. Yeah, no worries. Well, I'm here on the Goldie and that's where I met you because we talked (laughs) together a few years back now. (laughs) And so I'm currently working as a coach and a mentor in the space of wellbeing. And that's, yeah, absolutely my love and why I say that I was very blessed to be able to work in numerous projects over the last few years and um, yeah I found my glove when I was working in a national mental health and well-being initiative called Mind Matters yeah I was very um, yeah blessed in many ways to have one lady in particular that really helped me and because I was you know a very high achiever um, and just pushing myself to be the best version of myself because that's what I'd learned as a professional athlete. But there was things that were not, you know, really gelling for me in that space. And so, yeah, I was blessed to connect with her and we really hit it off. Yeah, we had some really wonderful conversations that I hold dear to my heart. And she helped me really articulate that if I wanted to be in this space of well-being, I need to first and foremost look after myself. And I know now what she means by that, possibly didn't know it as well as I uh, when she shared it with me. Yeah, she was a really big catalyst to help me. And now my um, yeah mission and passion is to help people really change the way that they see themselves so they can reconnect and realign and then reclaim their inner resources so they can be themselves. Obviously, it's become more prominent you know, mm. over the past few years, the, this whole area of, of well-being and there's a reason for that, you know, yeah. it, you know, it's become such a huge need in, in our world today for people. So, yeah, it is really important. Yeah, I agree, Karen, and it was interesting because this lady that I'm referring to, Jo Mason, she was the first person that I heard of that talked about, you know, putting the face mask on yourself when then you can assist others. And now it's, you know, every second person in that space, to Mm. use that metaphor. But I was, yeah, very blessed to be able to have her as a manager and work and really learn from her. 
yeah, she helped me enormously from the conversations that we had. So you've talked about her, but where have you found inspiration and what impact has it had? Yeah, it's interesting because when I saw that question, it got me thinking, I tried to find inspiration in it every day because I, yeah, even I just caught up with a friend before and just having conversation with her, it was just that we were just buzzing and vibing off each other. And I'm so blessed to have people like that in my world. But there was one story that really cemented with me and and when I was working um, in a space, online um, counselling space, and this young person one day I needed to call my supervisor because she needed some extra help. And at the end of the session, she said to me, thank you so much for listening. And I'm like, oh, can you share a bit more? And she said, yeah, well, you're the first person that's really listened to me and didn't put your slant of reality onto the conversation. And without knowing, this is probably about, I know, 20, 25 years ago. And she would have no idea that she helped me with my own passion. Mm. But just from her saying that, it just really articulated how much that I wanted to help people really be seen, valued and heard for who they are, not who people want them to be. And mm. um, I think for me growing up in an athlete space, lots of people go, oh, man, you're an athlete. And it's just like, yeah, being an athlete's not <laughs> not necessarily what you think being an athlete's mm. about. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, that particular um, story really resonates with me, Karen, and why I really um, feel that it's so important to listen authentically and really grounding. And I know authenticity is a real um, word that you use a lot of. Mm. And so it's just, yeah, really paying attention and being present with someone. It's such a gift. Mm. Yeah. And I think also being able to help people find their own authenticity or who who they are so I guess the reason it, it's so important to me is because for a long time I didn't know I guess who I was mm. um you know yeah. uh, or my purpose or you know it was a people pleaser and you know everything I did was shaped by what I believed I needed to do to not disappoint other people um, and so it's then that where you have to shift and it, it's, it's such hard work to shift that focus that will that who you are, your authentic self is the most important person that you need to please um, and, and satisfy and meet needs for. But the big question that underlies all of that is, well, who, <laughs> who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, having to, I guess, supporting people and working through that process would be so valuable because a lot of people do find that hard, I think, to to sort of say, well, what's what are your values? What's important to you? Who are you as a person? Yeah, absolutely. And I really agree, agree because I didn't know as an athlete, mm. I started playing tennis when I was just before my fifth birthday. And I got a racket for my fifth birthday. And then majority of conversations from then on, people would talk to me about tennis. Now, I realized that was an easy connection tool. Mm. However, that also became my identity. And so, you know, through my own healing process, I talk about being an athlete second, human first. Mm. And, and it's the same thing, you know, if I'm working with, 
young people in a classroom or young people in the tennis court, um, whatever it is, you're a human being first and foremost, mm. and then you're whatever you choose to be. <laughs> and for me, that's why I'm so passionate about helping people really discover what they are and I was talking about this to a friend before I said that's why you know when people ask me what am I doing and it's just like um in relation to a specific um context I'm like yeah I'll share with you later but what's your decision and then go from there I guess going back to your early years as as an athlete or as a tennis player was there anything there not necessarily people but any experiences I suppose that did inspire you or have an impact on you I guess in a positive way but it could also be that negative in terms because negative is where we learn so yeah yeah it's funny because when I was at the Institute of Sport um I was an athlete there for a couple of years and I didn't finish my year 12 um because as an athlete we did years 11 and 12 over three years um and I didn't go back to finish my last year because I turned professional and so I actually had viral meningitis when I was at the Institute and almost passed away. Um, but it was interesting because I learned a lot about myself through those times and through the sicknesses. And, um, yeah, it was more the people that cared for me as a human being, mm. first and foremost, as opposed to an athlete, because mm. most people um, wanted me to excel and there were some challenging times, you know, if your skin folds and add up to a certain um, way that they, you know, and I use the word should in inverted commas, like what people wanted you to, it's like you had to watch, well, you know, they said, oh, watch what you eat when you go into the food hall, you know, don't have too much. And as a young person, mm. that was like really interesting because I just wanted to in many ways, yes, I was good at tennis, but also I just wanted to be me. And mm. so reflecting back on those times has helped me really learn those lessons and when I'm around young people, work with them in a different way and not tell them because I'm not really a teller. I want to um, foster what is important to them and ask lots of questions and that's why I love the coach mentor space. Mm. So we'll move on now to who. So who has influenced you and in what way? And I know you you spoke mm. of someone earlier. Yeah. Yeah, so Joe in particular and um, the reason being because of that story about putting the face mask on myself and then assisting others and also the metaphor you can't give from an empty cup. And, you know, it was in that time where I was trying to be the best version of myself and, but it's just like pushing and pushing. And now I know when I do reconnect and realign with my own heart and reclaim my inner resources, life has a beautiful way of flowing. Not that there's not challenges because mm. there is. It's just I know who I am now. And she really helped me um, bring that part out in me and, you know, tap into my own sense of well-being and also another guy who um, was the facilitator in my mindful self-compassion course and um, yeah he was fantastic um, he was the facilitator and uh, we've remained in contact and he was again just accepted me for who I was and um, he's just recently passed um, the baton over to the next person in as the executive director but I wrote to him um, when he resigned and as you said I just want to make sure that you know how much you've supported me and helped 
helped me in this space of mindful self-compassion. And I said, I just want to share with you, I was really nervous when I met you because, you know, these big facilitator from America, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, it's just like, yeah, well, I heard you were an athlete. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And so it was just such a beautiful, yeah. And he just accepted me for who I was. And, um, yeah, so definitely because I know how much self-compassion has helped me but also um, because of him just being a, a human being. Mm. And, um, and again, another facilitator, when I did my mindfulness study and um, to become a facilitator, the same, the facilitator was such a gift. And um, unfortunately, I lost my pop during that stage. And I was just like going, oh, my gosh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to finish the course. And I had a chat to him. He's like, no, no, you're living this as you are going because I needed to drive a few hours to my, uh, well, I didn't need to, but I wanted to obviously drive a few hours to my pop's funeral and came back and um, finished the course. But I knew when I spoke at pop's funeral, all of the participants as well as the facilitator, I could feel their presence with me. And I really got a sense of what mindfulness was through that experience and linking back into my own heart. And mm. I was just, yeah, I didn't have to try to be this version of Jane that everyone wanted me to be. I just had to be myself. Mm. And, that, <laughs> and that, yeah, that truly is a gift, isn't it? Yeah. I guess over time, you're older like I am. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you talk about the changes, I suppose, within the athlete space, but also within, I guess, coaching, mentoring, the, the well-being self-compassion space I guess what sort of changes do you think or have you seen around mindset and belief um, and the value placed on well-being and and self-compassion and mindfulness yeah there's been a lot more focus on it however I'm wondering sometimes Karen because I see it so many places it's Mm. like uh we just doing it or are people just talking about because it's a buzzword because Mm. I know when I first talked about mindfulness and first went to my silent meditation retreat it was the most challenging experience that I've ever experienced in my life sitting in silence for 10 days I'm like what the heck what am Mm. I doing this for myself for but it really gave me a good grounding in what mindfulness was and then from there it's like that some people actually refer to mindfulness as mindfulness it's like you go to a a weekend course and you're already um Mm. you know a mindfulness person and it's like no for me authentically I need to practice this and it's Mm. you know in the research it's called a salutogenic effect and it's just like if we're not practicing (laughs) it's like we're not going to get the effects that actually is going you know supposed to give from the research So I say to my students and the people that I work with, the moment I think I've got it is the moment I've lost it because I need to practice. I need to actually embody this. And it's not so much a mind construct Mm -hmm. because I think my learnings from being an athlete, people go, yeah, it's mostly in the mind when you get to a certain um, space. I'm like, yes, it's a mind, but we also need to be connected to our body because if we're not connected to our body, our body never lies. Mm. And if we're not connected and tuned into our body, we could be two, you know, two months away, but our body body doesn't, uh, it stays in the present. So we need to come back into the present and not just shoot off. But sometimes the present is really challenging. It's painful. Mm. It's like, yeah, I learned that in my first 
silent retreat. Mm. And so I think nowadays, yes, there's a lot more talk about mindfulness, well-being, self-compassion, all that type of stuff. However, it really is a practice. Mm. It's like, yeah, as I say, the moment I think I've got it is the moment that I've lost it. Mm. And it's it's hard, like it's work. It's yes. you know, it's it's not <laughs> yeah, it's not something that you go, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll just do this sort of thing. Like it really mm. is work and requires effort and focus. Um, yeah. And intention. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that um, you know, one of my mentors, they said to me, What the heck are you going to attend a silent meditation retreat? that's like the last thing that I would want to do. And I'm like, yeah. And then I rocked up for another couple because I've done four in, in total and each retreat was different, but I learned the depth of how my mind works mm. because I not only know that if we don't express um, intentionally, wholeheartedly, whichever way you want to look at it, what's in our body, those emotions sit in ourselves. Mm. And so I learned that. And so that's why I'm so passionate about mind, body, emotion, spirit, mm. you know, or awareness, whichever way you want to look at it. Mm. It's like it has to be, yeah, the whole package. It's otherwise, if we just focus on the mind, it's just like mm, not going to work. And so we definitely have to come into the emotions and also our body and really have the holistic approach mm. um, to well-being, not just the mind-based approach because, yeah, I'm – pretty sure that's why I got injured a couple of times mm. um and even why I've had burnt out not yeah. burnout because it's just like yeah my mind wanted to go but my body's like ah ah Jane yeah. you need to rest <laughs> yeah that's right we do often ignore those signs I think don't we yeah yeah so that's what well, I would yeah, I would say about that yes mindset's important but if it's the mind isn't linked into the body we're missing the point. Mm. I could probably not fit myself speak for mm. that length of time, but I don't know about not having other people speak to me. Mm. I find it really hard to be in my head. So yeah, I've done um, just different things, you know, where mm. even in even something like yoga where you hold a pose and then it's mm-hmm. like, I'm like, when am I going to stop? Oh, my God, how about this? <laughs> you know, or, you know, I've done the float tank. And also, and all it is is I'm counting down. When does it finish? How long have I been here for? You go through the whole to-do list and mm-hmm. and everything. And yeah, I find it really hard, I guess, to get in any sort of zone where it's no external stimulation, where you are truly in your head. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because I wasn't in my head. Like I was in my head to start, but then mm. I quickly dropped into my body in that first mm. retreat, Karen. Because I'm like going all those times when I'm like, yeah, my head wanted to do things, my body didn't. It's like, no, you're here to just chill mm. and not, not really chill, but yeah. feel what you have not felt. Yeah, And it's like, oh, my gosh, please no. And I did not think those days were ever going to finish because sitting in meditation and in silence, it's like, oh, I don't know if I could ever take any more pain. Mm. But I'm glad that. I did it and I've learned so much about it because I went back a couple more times and it's that I not only know the theory of it, I actually experienced Mm. it. And I think that's the depth of, well, for me anyway, I Mm. needed that depth. Mm. I needed to have that experience of why I needed to experience my emotions and not repress them because that was one of my habits as a child. Mm. 
And we use our busyness, mm. like how busy we are, to repress yes. all sorts of things because things that we don't want to face or examine or admit, yeah, I guess we we do to fall into that, well, I'm so busy, you know, mm. or, or we invent busy things to do so we can continue to avoid or repress or whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. And then I've learned over time that when I make the present moment my friend and come back to it and go, okay, so what am I experiencing? Okay, I'm experiencing sadness. I'm experiencing grief. I'm experiencing whatever it is here in Mm. the moment. I know I've got people around me that have got my back Mm. and will support me through that. I don't need to pretend to be anyone else I just can be me and I have my, yeah, my inner circle around me that will have my back, as I said. And that for me, oh, my gosh, it just, yeah, lights me up. And mm. it's uh, and because I, I hid being an athlete. Most of my friends had no idea I was an athlete when I moved to the Gold Coast for probably about 10 years. Mm. And they heard something. They're like, we heard that you're an athlete. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I actually was. And they're like, really? We would never have picked that. I'm like, that's okay. I never wanted it to be an issue. And, again, just maybe my perception, but people Mm. just treated me differently as an athlete than as Jane. It's hard, isn't it? Because the things we do do become a part of, Mm. I guess, our identity. But, I mean, how we perceive ourselves and certainly how others perceive us because that you know it's it's our experiences and it, and it's it's what we've been through but probably I guess when we label things so much I mean you know that's a pretty big label to say you know oh a professional athlete people are like yeah. oh and they then have their own ideas around well a person who's a professional athlete yeah. will be this 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 and this mm. or whatever it yeah. may be I think it's a bit of a fine line isn't it really because you work hard and you you achieve yeah. things and you can be yeah. proud of your achievements and things like that. Yeah. But, yeah, it can become that double-edged sword. And I think anybody who is quite, um, I guess, well-known within their field yeah, probably do feel that a lot more. For the rest of us, average Joes, it, it can still be really challenging. But I yeah. think there's an extra layer of challenge added on it when you're a, a well-known person that people then think, certain things yeah and I, as I said I've, I've thankfully for my coach and mentor I have no issues talking about it now and it's just like yeah I've learned and I love what that I was that and I have very few trophies left because they went to the trash can I'm much the upset of a few people but that's okay um and I don't very have very few remnants of it and it's okay but one of the most things I heard closest to my heart I was citizen of the year in Maitland and that was yeah that was great because I got given that or awarded that because of what I gave back to the Mm. um, city and that that's the stuff that lights me up yeah and I really do think that it's what we do for others Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard, and you hear this from so many different places and so many different people and different fields. Like it's great to achieve things Mm -hmm. for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Our lives are so much more enriched by what we can do for other people. Yeah. 
I agree. And, you know, towards the end of last year, a couple of friends have asked me to coach um, kids for their kids for a while. And I'm like, oh, I like, said no. And then at the end of last year, I'm like, okay, yeah, actually, let's do it. And it just one thing after another, started coaching again. I'm having mm. so much fun. I love tennis coaching. Mm. And so it's just, yeah. And some of my friends have said to me, Jane, have you ever coached before? And I'm like, yeah, I've done a bit of coaching. <laughs> I've <laughs> taken a few Australian teams away and, you know, things like that. But it's just like, they didn't know. And mm. I'm like, that's okay. It's all good. <laughs> mm. yeah. So now no no more hiding. What you see is what you get. I'm proud <laughs> of what I've done. But, yeah, I just like helping people and, mm. yeah, being themselves. That leads really well into our next question, which is what impact do you hope to have on others? Yeah, I just really want people to learn to come home to their own heart and find what lights them up. Not what lights me up, what lights them up. Because we need people to be in their light and be in their heart. And because I really truly know from my own experience, Karen, we're all here for a reason. And I don't say that word lightly, but we are. And so the more we're centered in our own being, the more we can give back and share our gifts because your gift is different to mine and that's good. But, you know, we can support each other and have each other's back along that adventure. And so, yeah, that's, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if everyone had that um, space and the courage to be themselves and share their gifts. I would, yeah, absolutely love that. You have a few different avenues that you can do that now that you've returned I guess to the to the coaching or the tennis coaching yeah um as well as as the other work that you're doing in the mentoring as well yeah Yeah, it's fun it's just uh and yeah people ask me I share what you know what I'm up to and you know how I am and I'm like what about you what do you what lights you up (laughs) and they're like oh okay (laughs) yeah back around and it's just fun it yeah fills my heart with joy when people you know even with the young people that I'm coaching on the tennis court like I did it I'm like I know how cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's priceless all right so we've got some inspirational influential or impactful recommendations Mm -hmm. who should we connect with (laughs) one of the people Karen um and you know this because I shared it with you um is Garba Matei I'm really big fan of him and his work and the reason being because it's very much around my own lived experience it's coming back into regulating our nervous systems coming home to our bodies for me that's why I really think that our bodies will and know our bodies are so important and so, yes, it is the mind, absolutely, but it's the body as well. And, um, yeah, if I'd known how to listen to my body as a young person, may, I may not have got the things that I have um, overcome. However, that may have also been why I received mm. those um, gifts because I do um, see them now as gifts. So, yeah, definitely um, him and his work. And the book that I absolutely, I've probably recommended over 150 times at the moment. <laughs> it's like a myth <laughs> of normal. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, his latest book is just, it's fantastic. And hearing it, I've read it, listened to it on the um, Audible. And not that this is a plug for Audible, but it's just listening to it. It's just like, yeah, priceless. I um, really love his work. Okay. The next one is what podcast is definitely worth listening to? 
<laughs> yeah, well, Being Well by Forrest and Rick, um, Dr. Rick Hansen. And um, I really like that podcast because it's based on science, based on evidence. And, um, you know, one day, oh, a few years ago, now I just, you know, reached out to Dr. Rick Hansen. You know, sometimes I've reached out to people and they haven't responded and that's okay. That's mm. part of the adventure. However, he responded, personal email, and I'm like, wow, this guy's the real deal. And so I really, yeah, admire his work and, um, yeah, read his books as well. So if you're not familiar with Dr. Rick Hansen, I really encourage you to um, have a listen into his work as well or read his books because I... Yeah, really valuable resources. Okay. Next one is what cause should we support? <laughs> well, anything that's close to your heart, not my heart. <laughs> and um, and this is where finding things that light you up. Mm. So I do, um, for the last couple of years, I've did, done a sleep out for the homeless. Yep. Um, and I enjoy doing that not that I enjoy it but I enjoy giving back to yeah. doing that because my you know my back hurts the next morning sleeping on concrete um but, but that's okay I think about the people that we're helping mm. anything that aligns with your heart it's and if it's not something that's out there already create it it's just amazing what we can do and so I'm in the yeah in the process of doing some other things but um yeah I'm not able to share those at the moment and the last one is, where is your dream travel destination? <laughs> I wrote the Greek islands. But honestly, Karen, I'm so blessed to live where I live. I absolutely love the Gold Coast. Growing up in the Hunter Valley, um, I loved it down there. I loved where I grew up because it was on a um, property. Mum and Dad created a tennis academy down there. And I was very grateful that I had my formative years in the country and mm. now I'm so blessed to be able to new, live near the water because I'm a water girl mm. and um, I really love being on the, the water so fortunately I've got to see a lot of the world as an athlete and um, I'm really happy and grounded <laughs> at the moment <laughs> in the Goldies. <laughs> yeah and you're because you're on the southern end of the coast so yeah. you really do um you know get the best of the I guess the water and the, and the coastline down that end of the coast yeah and I just I don't know I'm a real quiet girl not many people probably realize that because I do talk um, to people a lot but in my own time I love just walking on the beach and being in my own space I'm an introvert maybe an ambivert but it's just that uh, essentially I need my own time mm. to fill up so walking on the beach and just being in nature I absolutely love it. Mm. So, uh, I love it when you post photos of when you go for a walk along the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I have the flip side is, you know, we're on acreage, so it is very peaceful and quiet and, you know, we have the birds and, mm. you know, all of those things. So there's beauty in all locations, mm. but I do like your photos of the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well maybe one day Karen you can come down and we'll go for a walk on the beach how does that yeah. sound <laughs> very good yeah. all right and last of all what are the best ways for the listeners to connect and engage with you yeah so my business is habits for well-being and I also have um, my personal page janetaylor.org but yeah honestly through habits for being through um, my personal I really don't mind it doesn't bother me um, I respond I'm a bit 
um, like Dr. Rick Hansen, I respond to each of my emails, even spam. I'm like, no, thank you, but hope you go well with your... <laughs> and it's just like, not all spam, but most of spam. It's just like, good luck with your adventure. But yeah, I, um, I'm really big on that because I know the people that have helped me on my own adventure of life. And I'm more than happy to, if I can help someone, I will help them because, yeah, you just never know who um, someone needs support or when they need support. And um, as I say, I've been blessed by the people that have really had my back over the um, my lifetime. And I want to, yeah, be able to do that as much as what I can for other people as well. And actually, can I add one thing, Karen? The sure. other people that have really... Um, helped me across my own lifespan, especially when I was in the um, mental health project, Mind Matters, were the elders in the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Sometimes uh, we would just go and we would just go for a walk and have a, a yarn. And it was really interesting because there were times when I was just like, I must be crazy. And then they're like, what do you mean? And I'd share with them and they're like, no, you're just really tapped into your spirit. And I'm like, oh man, thank you so much for that. Because sometimes, yeah, I did. I, I didn't know what was going I was experiencing in my world. And mm. the elders and, you know, the people that I was around, I was so blessed to um, have them and have those conversations before it became, um, you know, something out there, another thing to add into the space. I was, yeah, very blessed with timing because I didn't understand a lot of the past around Australia. And, yeah, I just was lucky I had a number of people around me and they're just like, Jane, no questions off limits and I'm like are you serious they're like yeah because we know that you're curious and it's coming from that space mm. and I was just like oh yeah totally blessed um around that and I'm um yeah cannot thank them enough and um I know that they're with me each time I do the work that I do Karen um yeah they're with me because they've helped me enormously and anyone that's helped me and had my back they're with me when I speak and I'm really grateful because I wouldn't be the person that I am today without each person's support. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining me for the conversation and for sharing your journey and what you've learned along your journey. Um, and I guess what I've sort of taken away from it really is that the joy and um harmony and and balance I suppose that we can find in our lives from being connected to our hearts um to our bodies as well as our minds so thank you yeah. very much for that you are welcome it's so lovely to see you and also to <laughs> chat with you thank you for the opportunity thank you thank you for listening and I hope you found something inspiring influential or impactful to take away I'd be honoured if you shared the podcast with friends and colleagues and would greatly appreciate it if you could show your support by subscribing and leaving a review and rating for the podcast. Please connect with me on social media at at KCASW1 on Twitter and at authenticity underscore in underscore edu on Instagram as I'd love to continue the connection.